Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we have the pleasure of connecting with Josh Canizero. Josh is the founding pastor of One Hope Church in New Orleans, Louisiana, and he's most passionate about helping people who feel far from God find hope in a life-giving and fulfilling relationship with Jesus Christ. Lean in as Josh talks about the keys to building a generational and interracial church. Buckle up your leadership seatbelts and let's get started. What's going on, everybody? We are back. It's another Avail podcast episode where we talk about the art of leadership. Today, we are with none other than Pastor Josh Canizaro. I'm excited to be here once again, to learn, to grow, to lean in, to talk leadership, to talk church, pastors, leaders, ministry leaders, Christian leaders. I hope you're leaning in. We have the best of the best on this podcast to share, to encourage, to challenge us. Pastor Josh, we are honored and happy to have you here on the Avail Podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. So so excited to be with you and um, really excited to have this conversation and Really believe God's doing some great things through Avail these days, and so it's really a privilege to be a part. And uh, anytime somebody says you're a part of the best of the best, I mean, you just got to feel affirmed. I feel so affirmed in this uh, this time. So I'm looking forward to the conversation. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Well, you know, we're going to be getting to a really interesting conversation that I think is going to encourage and is going to um, intrigue most pastors out there. We're going to be talking about how to build and why it's important to build a generational and interracial church in these times. Before we get into that, if you could just take a minute or two uh, to introduce yourself, I want our Avail audience to just get to know who is Pastor Josh. Well, uh, you know, pretty simple, easy story. I'm born and raised in South Louisiana, just outside of New Orleans. My father pastored for almost 40 years uh, here. And so I kind of grew up in ministry, grew up in a church plant uh, served with him for a number of years as a youth pastor. And then I guess uh, fast forward real quick, by the grace of God, I got invited to be a part of a great move of God in Birmingham, Alabama, and served under Pastor Chris Hodges from 2004 to 2014 to when we felt like God was calling us back to to New Orleans. And there planted One Hope Church here in the city and uh, just turned eight mm-hmm. years old and on the cusp of moving into a beautiful older Presbyterian church that we've renovated entirely. So it's got some great history, some great architecture, and we're getting to kind of modernize that and move in, hopefully moving in the next month or so. So that's kind of a a brief snapshot. And um, really, you know what? One of the cool things is I'm just excited about ministry still as I'm going to hit 25 years of preaching. Come on, Virgil. I don't look that old. Come on. I don't look that old, but 25 years of preaching this coming February. (laughs) And so it's just a privilege to be in the church and leading. That's awesome. Um, First of all, we're both pastor's kids. We got some things in common there. Uh, It's a beautiful thing. Pastor's kids who have continued on the legacy and the calling, right, of of pastoring. Um, And and I will also say, I remember when my wife and I uh, were right about to take over the church that my parents uh, planted about 30 years ago. Uh, It was about 2014. And right around that time, uh, we were leaning into Church of the Highlands, and we, we were able to meet you and see you as part of the process of our 
kind of grow steps. And uh, it's awesome to see now, maybe seven, eight years in, uh, how your church is doing well. And you yeah. guys are, you know, on a, and leading uh, an amazing church in the New Orleans area. I, I want to get into this conversation, Pastor Josh, because I think, I think this is, it, you know, from talking to you, this is something that was very intentional and very important to you guys from the beginning, which might not be the same for other pastors, you know, existing pastors and churches. But I want to talk about this. Uh, I think churches often, uh, not always and not all, but often can be very homologous. The people in the church, you know, look a certain way. I remember growing up, right? I'm a Hispanic kid. So our church was a Hispanic church, right? And and I remember friends that maybe, they, you know, they were, they were black friends had a black church and then uh, white American friends had a white church. And, and yeah. sometimes it just felt like it was, that's them. This is us. That's them. You know, why, why is this a problem? Why is it a problem when all of our churches only look, have people who look like each other? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I think it's a problem because in the very first chapter of the Bible, God says that he made all of us in his image. Mm. And it doesn't take long. I mean, just take a look at the world. We don't all look the same. Yeah. And, and so it, we have to kind of go back to the very beginning and say when God was creating the world, he was in creating, he created diversity intentionally. Yeah. And there is this part of our human nature, I think all of us have it, where we, we grew up in this environment yeah. And sometimes we weren't maybe in, in a situation where we were in a very diverse neighborhood or a very diverse part of the city. And so it was just mm -hmm. real easy to be around the same. And so I yeah. think it's a problem because, one, God created diversity. Secondly, yeah. I think it's a problem because if you just stay with the same, you miss out on the best yeah. of anything. One of the things we say around here is we say that uh, our church is like a flavor of ice cream. And so we say, if you believe in the Bible and you love Jesus, you're ice cream. Everybody loves ice cream. But there is vanilla ice cream. There's chocolate ice cream. There's Neapolitan. And we describe our church as a, as a Ben and Jerry's flavor. It's called half-baked. <laughs> and it's not because we're smoking something we shouldn't be smoking. We describe it because that flavor of ice cream is a swirl of vanilla and chocolate and caramel and when you dive into it, you're surprised with half-baked cookie dough and brownies. Come on, somebody. Come on. Right up here. So I think you miss out. Somebody say, it's not, it's not good because it's not what God created. And secondly, yeah. you miss out on the best of what our cultures bring to the table. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, so that's clear. We're going to talk about that. But not only the concept of interracial um, multicultural with, you know, all these diversities and varieties, especially, you know, the different things that make us different. But then there's also this aspect. Sometimes you walk into a church and it seems like everybody's older Yeah. <laughs> or you walk into another church and it seems like everybody's younger. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so, and so there's that concept of being a generational church, multi-generational in that, for that matter. Talk about that. Well, I think we have this tendency, kind of going back to our nature, right? It's easier to stay with the same. And so it's the same thing when you get into a certain environment. Well, we're all in a similar stage of life, and we're all in a similar. And the problem with that idea is that when God began this, he, he created a family environment. And in every mm. family, we historically have four generations alive at one time. Yeah. And, and so we always say it this way, that the eldest and the youngest have to be taken care of. 
But the, the two generations in the middle, when you marry them, you mm. get an engine of yeah. manpower and money. And you can change things and you can push back in a culture. And if you don't, you say, hey, it's just a group. We, we see what's happening right now. Churches are closing by the thousands because one generation held on to doing mm. it their way to look to, to do it how I like, feel good for me, instead of saying my role in my generation is to make sure that I carry this baton in such a way that I can pass it to the next and grow with them. Instead, we've got churches that are dying by the thousands because they're holding on. Yeah, yeah. Some pastors are passing on a cane instead of a baton. <laughs> this is this is, this is a, an important. <laughs> I'm gonna steal that, important... Virgil. I'm stealing that one. Okay. <laughs> Come on, you can use it. I stole it from somebody else. So, yeah. uh, so I love this. The the so so we're we're identifying there is a problem, and it's not about evil, but but it's a problem if my church only looks like me or we only look at each other because there's something beautiful in the diversity. Uh, so that, that whole interracial concept and also the beauty of the generations serving together, learning and working together, learning with from each other. There's something beautiful about that. So, so the solution, and, and this is something you talk about, it's on your heart. And this is how you guys started your church. We want to be an interracial church. We want to be a generational church, right? Yeah. Like this is very intentional. That's, that's the solution. So let's talk about how, Yes. how do I, how do we, how do we do that? And, and it might look different, right? For somebody who's going to plant a church, uh, somebody who has a young church, somebody who has a, a church that's already been around for, for maybe a couple decades. It can look different, but but what are some, you, you know, how do you do this? How do you be a generational and an interracial church? Uh, I think for us, initially, we step back and said, okay, so what do we feel like God is leading us to do? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a very vision-led person. I've always kind of leaned into God giving me a picture of a desired future. Mm -hmm. And I think um, language is vision and vision is language. And so if you have no language surrounding what you're trying to create, then people are always guessing what should it be. And so uh, mm. about two weeks before we launched One Hope here in New Orleans, I was sitting with my wife and I just said to her, I said, I feel like God has like, there's this, this language. And I said, we're going to lead a generational church an interracial church. And I jokingly said, we're going to rival the house of blues. If you're, <laughs> if you're not familiar, uh, house of blues is kind of that boutique music venue in new Orleans where you want to go with your best friends. It feels great. And I said, we want the church to be that kind of a dynamic environment. And the mm. way to create that isn't just through music. It's through creating a generational and interracial environment. So we created language around it. We started saying it like literally day one planted the church. The first thing we did is we simply said to every family, I walked down the hall, I said, walk up to a white family. Okay. And I got a 12 year old son and a 45 year old dad, sir. How you doing? My name is Josh. I, I'm, I'm really excited. I'd love for you guys to come back, be a pastor. 12 year old. Hey, my name is Josh. I'd love to be your pastor. I want you to know that I need you in that room making a difference. I'm talking to the father and the son intentional. Mm -hmm. All right. Then you carry that down the line. We had, we had donuts and then after parties, what we did. So some people have cake. We had this really cool donut shop here. We had donuts and a big cafeteria, but then I would go from that white family to a black family that visit us. And I do the same generational thing, care about the young person, 
and the older person mm -hmm. both have value and both can tell how you treat them, whether they have value. Right. And then I would also add when I'm talking to someone that's a different color than me to say, Hey, would you give me a shot? I believe God's called us to build an interracial church. Would you give me a shot and, and do this with me? What could we create in this culture? <clears throat> the very first intentional thing we did is just cast vision and ask mm -hmm. for people to, to go on the journey. I have families in our church eight years later now who were there on the first day and said, mm -hmm. I remember when you asked me that and look what God has done. And so I think if you're, we're going to be practical, you have to develop clear language about yeah. what God, and listen, the church is not called to be the same. We are called to look like and reach our culture and to reflect the image of God. The church should be a yeah. picture of the heart of God. And so you have to embrace that belief and then develop language and then begin to take intentional steps. That's the first thing we did. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think it's so important what you're saying. Vision is language. Language is vision. Because when people are hearing this consistently, they 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 will eventually begin to believe it. Well, we're saying it, you know, yes. and our pastor's saying it, and we're saying it. It's part of our of our DNA, you know. For example, we say here at Vertical Church in South Florida, we say we are one church, two languages, because we have that vision yes. and that calling to to do church in English, also in Spanish, and and we want to be multicultural. We want to be interracial. We want to be generational. But if we're not saying it. We might we might be losing the battle there. So so that's a great kind of practical tip. Um, you know, the whole concept of generational is is awesome to me. I'm I'm like you. I have a uh, I'm a pastor's son. You know, my father's still alive and he's still yeah. part of our church. He's an active uh, leader. He's leading groups all the time. He's a teacher. He's a he's a spiritual father and spiritual grandfather to many. Um, and that concept of generational, I think. I think the churches that are best at that are churches who, who understand that that father that fathering concept. And I know this is something also in your heart. Can you talk a little bit to that? Yeah, I think the generational piece. The reason it's so hard for us is because we we are living in a fatherless generation. Yeah, and be, so the the outcome that we're living with, what we're just saying is, well, this is just the way it is. Cause a lot of young people don't know what they're missing because they never really had it. And they don't really even realize that they're operating in a place of what I would say is like some level of dysfunction because they don't have a biological or spiritual father in their life. They don't have mentors. And so kind of coming back to the, the generational ideal of this, you have to recognize that when at most points in history, there are four generations alive. Hmm. We're probably going to be the first generation that you may see five generations alive at one time that could know one another, one another because of our, our advances in, in, in health and medicine. People are living longer. But if you just wow. stick with the four idea, the eldest and the youngest have to be taken care of. The two in the middle, you get that manpower and money. Uh, yeah. And when you marry those, you create an engine that grows where there's life and there's vitality yeah. and, and there's influence that comes out of that. So that's a benefit of the generational environment. But then how do you get that? Well, you have to step into that if you're not comfortable in a family environment. Hmm. And again, family is the first institution that God created in the book of Genesis. He didn't create a government. He created a family. And family was called. We were called to create order and bring order to the world. Yeah. And so 
we have now churches because because pastors grew up in many cases without fathers or even really spiritual fathers. They're trying to pastor and lead churches, but they're really trying to build something that they've never experienced themselves. And so uh, it really is creating a, a, a situation that's unhealthy because we don't really know how to engage with that. Yeah. And so we've created language. Let's come back to the earlier part. Same thing about having an interracial environment. If a generational environment is something we want to create, then we have to have language about that. So we say, hey, we let younger people determine what we look like, and we let older people determine who we are. So let's lean into that. What's that mean? When we're in a conversation, we've got to make sure that we have younger people in the room, and we, they speak to design and fresh ideas and what, what's happening. And then when we get to ideas of culture and how do we mature and how we grow, well, then we've got to lean into the older generations, let them speak to that. I know I'm going on a bit, but let me ground this. Matthew 13, mm -hmm. 52, Jesus said, when a scribe becomes a disciple of the kingdom, he's a head of a household. Those are all three very defining things. A scribe had a particular role. They knew the word of God. Mm -hmm. They wrote the word of God. A disciple of the kingdom. So understand the kingdom of heaven, how it impacts us. Mm -hmm. You become a head of a household. A head of a household in their time was a generational patriarch. They oversaw four generations, okay? Matthew yeah. 13, 15 to 32, 52 says, when a scribe becomes a disciple of the kingdom, he's a head of a household, and he brings forth out of his treasure things both new and old. So you have to have a treasure of valuing the, the best of the old, but finding the fresh bread and embracing that, Yeah, and that creates a generational environment. Whether you're an innovator in ministry, business, or your community, Avail Plus is designed to take you to the next level. What is Avail Plus? It's an exclusive leadership resource that offers access to brand new premium resources like books, study guides, and masterclasses. It's a chance to connect with other leaders on live calls and classes. It's early access to materials no one else has held in their hands. It's the catalyst to your next season of growth as a leader. To find out more about how you can become a member of Avail Plus, head over to theartofleadership.com forward slash Avail dash plus. Yeah, and that's good. And I think I think it's very, very true. Part of part of the problem that we're seeing sometimes with, with Christians not maturing, you know, not stepping up and being discipled, sometimes it's it's really that fatherlessness. It's that that lack of both men and women, because we need spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, right, to, to yeah. help us yeah. take steps uh, and really creating that. I love. There's something beautiful about a church when you see those generations, when you can see the multi generational aspect of of worship, of of generations leaning into each other and complementing each other rather than pushing away from each other and feeling we're not we're not together. I love this. I, I love this, uh, Josh. I love that we're talking about this building a generational, building an interracial church. What other, what other thoughts on the practical side of things? If I'm a pastor and I'm like, you know, you know what, Pastor Josh, what you're saying makes sense. I, my, my church is very, you know, it's not very interracial and not very generational. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what are some other practical thoughts, ideas, steps, advice that you have for pastors or churches in that scenario? Well, as we kind of start with the beginning, the whole vision is language and language is vision. I, I, you've got to say it consistently mm -hmm. and then you've got to look for opportunities to allow people to see it actually happening. 
Hmm. There's nothing better than a person walking into an environment and seeing other people the same, their same color, other people mm -hmm. the same age. And so you have to be intentional about uh, providing space for people to be on stage singing, to be on videos leading, to communicate, and to be in every environment. If you want your church to look a certain way, you can't just say it. You've got to allow people to see it actually happening. You've got to mm. do it. So we're, we're really, really intentional when we come down to how we're creating videos, uh, who's communicating and where. We've just, I don't want to use overuse the word, but I just think we've kind of just said, well, if we want it, if God wants it, it'll be. Mm -hmm. And nothing in the kingdom has worked that way. God has said, I want it, and I've commissioned you to go do it, to create <laughs> it, to breathe vision, to speak life into it. And so I think by actively working for and having conversations, it makes a huge difference. And allowing people, um, give them shots. I love, uh, I think it's John Maxwell who, who says that we have to really believe in people, even when they don't believe in themselves, and show them what they can become. And so sometimes it takes that kind of push and drive to kind of open the door. But I also say this, Virgil, it's it's a little messy at times. Yeah. It's not pretty because you're going to have people who who aren't generational yet that have only grown up with the same. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to say foolish things. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to have to deal with that, right? And you're going to have to speak to that. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a particular situation where an older lady spoke in an unhealthy way to a younger lady and yes color and race were infused into the conversation and this uh young woman came to me with another woman in in situations like you know this is wrong and i said absolutely it's wrong and we can't let one person's ignorance now define <laughs> the rest of who we are right and so yeah. we can't be afraid to actually speak to when we see something that's wrong, actually saying that. Yeah. And same thing. So we do it, we do it in areas outside of race too. We do it with generational stuff. Well, this is how we've, all, this is how we've always done it. Well, that is one of the most, to a young person that almost feels like an ignorant statement. Unless mm -hmm. we're dealing with character and sin issues, the way we've always done it is supposed to grow and change. We're supposed to mature. Right. So uh, we've just been willing to address the issues, and we've created a culture of feedback and talking about it and not letting the status quo kind of stay the same. Yeah, I love it. You know, I, as you were talking, I, I'm get, I, I got this visual of of like a football stadium, right, or a basketball arena um, and when you go, you're going to see people that are younger. You're going to see people that are older, that, yep. that are fans that are in, that are in it. You're going to see, you're going to see people of, of all, all races and all cultures and all skin colors, because it's, it's, it's this unifying concept, which is sports, right? A, a specific sport or, or, or a specific event and everybody's drawn. And, and so, you know, when we talk about church, it's this unifying concept, which is God. He's a, he's the center. Jesus is the center of our worship. That's right. And how awesome is it when our churches 
begin to look that way, to look like what, by the way, what heaven's going to look like, right? Yes. Um, every, every tribe, every nation, every tongue, you know, um, man, I, I think this is worth, I think this is worth not only talking about, but I think it's worth fighting for, um, you know, I, I venture to think that there's a lot of pastors and churches that would probably like if we had to self-assess, right, and and self-evaluate our leadership and our church and uh, on the generational scale. That's a good test. Where would you be, pastor, from zero to ten? Zero, very very bad. Ten, yeah. extremely generational. That'd be good. A good assessment. And not only not only yourself, but ask 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 your wife what she thinks, right, or your spouse. <laughs> ask your yeah. leaders, other leaders, and other people what they think to try to get a gauge on that. And the same thing with the interracial. I think this, I think self-assessment is important because sometimes we think, well, we're doing well, but we're not, we're not seeing some, we're not seeing some of those things. I, I love here on Avail, we talk, we talk the art of leadership, Pastor Josh. And um, I think this is very, very relevant. It's very relevant. And I don't think this is something that used to come up years ago, as far as, you know, church leadership. I, I, I want to, I want to empower pastors. I want to empower leaders, you know, to really take steps Um did you, in your journey, did you see good examples, for example, of, of, you know, interracial church and generational church that sparked that in you? I mean, cause sometimes I think you gotta, you gotta, you gotta see it to catch it, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. How was that journey for you? Uh, I wish I could say that I actually lived that and experienced that actually, uh, as I started out, it, it wasn't a very generational environment. I grew up in a very mm. small white church in a, a small mm. part of town. And actually, my first introduction to this is when I started youth pastoring. And uh, we started reaching into the community. And all of a sudden, we started having Hispanic kids and black kids and Asian kids coming into this little white church. Uh-huh. And our midweek <clears throat> student service was the most diverse thing we had going on. And this was my, I'm 20 years old. This is my first introduction into this. And I mean, we had some of the funnest times, kids who, who didn't grow up in church, whose parents weren't saved. All of a sudden they're, you know, they're wanting to dance during worship and some of their dances weren't appropriate, Virgil. Let me just say, <laughs> we used to have this line. It was like, Hey, in worship, you can, your hips can move side to side, but front to back, we don't do that in church. You know, like we had to say things to try and help them understand something for appropriate in places. So my first place of seeing it was in a student ministry that I was leading. And then again, you fast forward into other environments and I was seeing it lacking in places. Right. And then I would see, I can't tell you how many calls I've been on with people who are like, uh, the youth group is a separate church. Right. They're, they're not in the church. They're a separate thing. They don't mm-hmm. want to go to Sundays. And so this whole ideal for me was birthed out of something that frustrated me and then trying to create that. And then as we were getting this blank slate with planting one hope church, I got this opportunity to say, okay, God, you've put these things in me. How do we do it? I will say one extra part of what we were saying, like the practical side of actually creating this Mm -hmm. was bringing it down to the conversation level in small groups. So not only from stage saying these things, that's good, allowing people to see them, but then we would, we would invite, you want to call it a focus group. We would intentionally invite people in and say, okay, help me with language here. Help me with how we should say this. Help me with what, what is attractive, what is not. And I remember uh, in 2020, 
So obviously a lot erupted in this arena concerning racism in the United States. And mm -hmm. I really felt like the Lord said, I need to put together uh, some intentional talks, like short talks, three minute talks on how to tear down racism in our society. And the reality is, is we were already doing it. We already had the relationships. And so I wrote these scripts and then I brought a diverse group of people together and said, okay, we've been doing this for years now, but we're going to be putting this out further. So let's go over the, let's help me to make sure that we're communicating this. And I never forget one of the ladies on our team. Uh, she came after she, she read the first one and watched the first one. And she came back to me. She said, well, pastor, uh, you were equally offensive to white and black people. <laughs> she said, good, wow. good job. You, you <laughs> challenged us to have grace for people mm. who are different and to forgive them for the past and to start fresh. And at first I got mad at you for saying that, but then you told me that's what Jesus did for me. Mm. And so we were having personal, real conversations about these things and then addressing it that way. That's huge. That's huge. I think people appreciate that. I think people appreciate openness, honesty, vulnerability, authenticity, especially with topics which maybe in the past in church have been taboo or have been hard or have been kind of avoided. Um, that's awesome. Um, what would you say as we're kind of rounding off here, the final stretch, Pastor Josh, what happens if we don't pay attention to this? What, what are the implications to the capital C church if as pastors and churches and Christian leaders, we're not aiming at generational and interracial in our churches? Yeah, I think the long-term impact is that the church continues in many arenas to be divided. Hmm. And if we are divided, that is the only way that the enemy has any power. Hmm. Together, unified, we're unstoppable. Come on. And so together, every race, every color, every creed, yeah. we say it like this, regardless of your history, your heritage, or the color of your skin. God has mm -hmm. placed you here. And so unify that, unify a people that way. We become a force, unify yeah. ourselves generationally. Where does the enemy have a foothold? Like we become unstoppable and our only, the only real danger is that we allow ourselves to continue to be divided where the enemy has tried to divide us. And then we're giving him a foothold to say that he has right to do the things that mm. he's been doing. And listen, I, I just, I refuse. Um, God raises up, the Bible says in, in Acts 13, 36, that David served the purposes of God in his generation. Mm -hmm. I have a generational responsibility to reach those that, I, that are in my generation and to pass the baton. So the danger is that what we see happening in America right now, where, mm. where potentially less than 4% of the next generation is following Christ, Wow. We have a whole generation that they call themselves Christians, many of them, but don't even believe the Bible is true. That's the impact of a divided church. This is so good. This is so important. Leaders, pastors, uh, ministry leaders, marketplace leaders, church leaders. We got to pay attention to this. We got to pray about this. We got to strategize about this because not only is it something that's affecting our, our current, our present 
community and church, but it has big implications on the future. Um, this has been good, Pastor Josh. I, I've I've enjoyed just kind of talking. It's making me think, even even here at my church, something. You, and you also mentioned something important about you know we have to be intentional in 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 man. We want the church to look like the community, right? And 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 then another aspect is you know, if we don't see them in, in, in key roles and positions, if I'm not seeing somebody that looks like me on stage or, you know, on a video or communicating that I might come to the conclusion that I'm not, I'm this, the church is not for me. And I think that, that if we're intentional with that, if we're, if we're praying about that, if we're talking about it, I think that's going to open the doors to some, to some great things. Here's what I want to do, pastors. I want people to be able to connect with you. How can people, you know, connect with you, find you, you know, social media, how can they find the church? Yeah, so pretty easy. OneHopeChurch.com. Just spell it all out. OneHopeChurch.com. That's our church. That's our environment. If you're looking on social uh, media, it's at OneHopeNola is how we uh, kind of uh, approach the city. That's New Orleans loves to refer to itself as NOLA. So that's kind of one of our one of our things. And then I'm just uh, at Josh underscore Kenazaro. But you'll probably find OneHopeChurch.com easier than trying to spell my last name. Uh, I do want to say thank you for having me. What a privilege it is to be able to share a little bit in this way. Uh, I am passionate about the church succeeding, not just one hope. I'm passionate about the capital C succeeding. And uh, thank you for allowing me to serve the greater church in this way. I really appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Let me just mention this because I know that there's a lot of avail, uh, new avail listeners and and viewers. Um, If you're uh, new here on Avail, and you haven't heard about it, the Avail Journal. This is one of the resources we produce for leaders. This is a Christian leadership magazine that is packed with amazing resources. Not only does it feel good, because when you touch it, it's a really good quality magazine. It looks good. It's full color. And the content, there's amazing pastors and leaders. So if you're viewing, if you're listening for the first time, availjournal.com, first year's on us. They come out quarterly. Uh, claim your free annual subscription, availjournal.com. Josh, I believe in resources. I believe in Christian books, obviously the Bible, books, resources, videos, journals, things that help leaders grow. Would you agree with that resources help us grow? Come on, absolutely. And if you don't have the journal, I do. If you don't have it coming already, then you need Come to get on. signed up to do it. I think uh, just the heart of the ministry and what you're doing is to serve the local church, Right and to serve leaders and help them to succeed. So why wouldn't you be a part? That's so good. Um, I want Pastor Josh to give us one final nugget from his heart, uh, an encouragement, uh, you know, whether it's an encouragement, a a word, a challenge, a prayer, whatever's on your heart, Pastor Josh. Uh, But I want leaders, I want you to lean in right now and just just listen to Pastor Josh's heart as he leaves us with, with one final thought. I would say this, that for many people, they would say the last few years have been tougher or more challenging than they wanted it to be. And I love that when Ezekiel was talking to God, he said, man, this, these people are hard. They're obstinate. This is challenging. And God said to Ezekiel, I have made you as tough as they are. I love the old language. King James Version says, I made your face like flint. And I would just say that if God has placed you in this generation, he has given you the strength and the gifting and the favor. You're tougher than you think, and you can succeed in making a difference for God. And so uh, lean into that and embrace the fact that God's put you here for this time. Come on. 
Hashtag drop the mic. Thank you, Pastor <laughs> Josh. Hey, Pastor Josh, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martin Van Tilburg, our whole Avail leadership team, we just want to thank you. We honor you for your leadership, uh, for, for lifting up and raising up a, a life-giving church in New Orleans. We're, we're thankful for your life, and we can't wait to see all that the Lord has for you and your ministry in the future. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> hey, everybody, I hope you've been challenged and encouraged as we're closing up this episode of the Avail podcast. My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, a.k.a. Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, where we are one church, two languages. And I'm your host for these episodes of the Avail podcast, where we talk the art of leadership. So today, this is what we want on your heart. Think generationally. Think interracially. Think let's make a difference in all of our community. Thanks for joining us once again right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Avail Podcast with our guest, Josh Canizero. You can connect with Josh on Instagram and also at onehopechurch.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of The Avail Journal at availjournal.com. If you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit availleadershipconnect.com. As always, I'm your Avail host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.